Going for boost. Well, I think going for boost if you're a boost merchant, like someone like AJ or someone, you go for boost. <laughs> One hundred percent of the time. Yes. Always, every second of every game, ball's going in your net. Don't worry about it. Go get the boost and make sure you've got the full one hundred to celebrate with the other team. Um, <laughs> never, 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 yeah, never, always, always go for four. Yes. Number one rule of Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Boost Over Ball podcast, where three aggressively average Rocket League players talk about everything RLCS with your hosts, Ace, Code Red Jack, Kyle Cube, and AJ Binky. So if you've ever wondered when the best time to go for Boost Over Ball is, You've come to the right place. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. This is the Boost Over Ball podcast. I'm here with Kyle K-Cube. K-Cube, say hi. Heyo. Sasuke, say hi. What's good? And myself, as well as our special guest, and I'll let him introduce himself. What's up, guys? My name is Valk. I'm the manager of Heybro currently, and I also go to Stockton University. Um, I'm currently a sophomore in college, and you know, I'm kind of excited for this podcast. How are you guys doing today? Living the dream. I am doing swell. Sasuke's doing very well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So a little bit of background today. We're going to be talking to a Valkyrie. We're going to be talking about a few things in the bubble scene um, as he is immersed. Um, I once was and am now not. And K-Cube and Sasuke are kind of learning the like the ropes, you know, kind of understanding the scene as, as a whole. They started, you know, kind of watching ROCS bubble, like the start of this previous ROCS season, which is crazy. It's ended now um, with ROCS 2022, 2023. Um, I only started, honestly, I only started at 2021, 2022. Um, Valkyrie, I don't know. What, what, what did you start your ROCS career? When did you start paying attention to the bubble and oh to ROCS God. in general? I'm gonna I'm gonna say the roster of my I'm gonna say the name of my first roster and of any of these there there's a couple of names that I'm gonna be like dang so the first roster I ever managed was Comp Hyperfires and J in like 2019 2018 I was like Man. 15 when I managed them Hyperfires is a really old name if anyone recognizes that um I'm... you say you do yeah yeah you I do say. I do oh my. Thank you. Did you ever, what did you hear about them? Like, what was your your first impression of of that team? I I don't not so much the team. I know some of the individual names. Uh... Yeah, the team the team wasn't that big. No, the team wasn't that big. But it was kind of just like the fact that I was 15 and managing like a B plus A team. I was kind of just like my first roster. I think what's very important though with the bubble scene, and I think that a lot of managers now, what the issue is, is a lot of 15 year olds that are kind of just like give me rank X team. And they just like expect to get a rank X team and they only want to manage a rank X team when they don't have as much experience as some people that have been in the scene for multiple years. So I think it's important for like, if you're 15 or 16 to like kind of start at the bottom. I, I think everyone should start at the bottom kind of not maybe at the bottom, but everyone should start kind of the middle maybe, or at the bottom, definitely not at the back and top. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it helps. Yeah. You don't just like, you don't yeah. start from zero and just jump right into the deep end. No, for sure. But no, swim. yeah. After that, I um went from that team to managing Raw Greg, who's now the <laughs> coach of Optic, which is funny. 
Um, good for him. What a beast. Absolutely amazing coach. One of the best coaches in NA easily. Um, but it was him, Savvy Seal, and Thunder. And then from there, I went to Kaz, Spashi, and Sharp. And this was during RLCS. And then from there, I went to Continuum, which was like my first really high-level team, I would say. Um, which was Astro, Spider, and Aeon. Um, we did some cool stuff. We made the grid. If anyone remembers what the grid is, I think they should bring it back. What, what do you guys? What do you guys think about that? Oh man! You know, that... I'm a hard disagree. <laughs> but go ahead, KQ. The... What? Wait, I want to. I want to hear what you have to say first. Well, I just, I just think the grid was cool and all, but if, if like remembering it at the time, teams took it for granted. Didn't Q? Didn't like actually, in my opinion, contribute to what the grid could have been and therefore let it die. Like, I, I thought that there was, like, a structure that ROCS is clearly giving the bubble that people left for granted and then made it so that ROCS wants nothing to do with the bubble, in my opinion, anymore. And, and, you know, people call for it nowadays, and it's like, well, I remember that one thing that we did for you guys and you guys didn't show up? Well, this is your payment. Like, sorry, dude. I mean, like, you, you are right. You are right. I, I think at the same time, though, it kind of is, like... It's kind of just, like, some... Eh, I don't know. That that is hard to argue. I can't even lie. But I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not even lie. That is hard to argue. It, bro is literally spitting straight bars. But at the same time, I do think that, like, I know I think it really helped for the bubble scene. In all honesty, and I think the fact yeah. that like they had just like certain teams that would literally, I mean, it made some of the players' careers. Spider, for example, Spider's still playing, and like he's from the grid. It really helped him. LJ actually used the grid as his first platform to really like pop off and show people who he is. Yeah. Um, I think it brought a lot of really good talent. I think right now, maybe the only issue. I, what do you guys think in terms of the format for next year? What do you? I mean, that's a really big question. I know you guys probably have a lot of different opinions on that. Um, but what do you guys think the format should be for next year? Hmm. I'll let I'll defer for uh, now. Thank you. Take that one. I figured that was that that this question was coming my way. Um, so, I mean, I kind of like the, the setup, right? Three regionals into a major. Um, I think that that format kind of works out pretty well. However, the only thing that I don't, that I didn't really enjoy was the invitational part, right? Like I understand why they do it, but like, if you don't make the invitational, it puts you so far behind the eight ball for the rest of the season moving forward, because you're not getting points for, um, you know, being at the event and you're also not getting points for, you know, mo the major most likely because you're not going. And so like the team, even the teams that just like make the event are like so much farther ahead than everybody else because they didn't, uh, they didn't get to go or they, you know, they, they weren't in the top 16. And I've, you know, we've certainly seen in the invitational throughout the last season, there were some teams that probably shouldn't have been there, right? They just showed up and, you know, did not do well, but, you know, I think that there needs to be a different qualification system. I think that, you know, we've, you know, certainly on, on like the, on the podcast, we've talked about like some of the different uh, bubble tournaments and, you know, like qualifications for these events. And it's, it's sometimes it's kind of hard to follow, but you know, I, I'm very intrigued to see uh, if you have any information or if they change up the format at all. Mm. Oh, bro, I, I literally remember there's there's so much that you can say about RLCS. I think there's kind of just, like, little things, like, one by one that need to be addressed. I think one of the things is the seating and whoever is 
smoking that insane stuff when they see things is uh doing some great things because like i don't know have you guys seen like some pictures of where some teams have been seated like there's been instances of like full rank x teams being seated <laughs> completely below <laughs> like b plus teams are like rank b teams it's nuts there there is a uh, a very famous clip of flitz uh, who just got signed to an apac team uh, I believe yesterday or the day before. Awesome Congratulations deal, to him. Right? I think, yeah, I, like, yeah. I actually love that. Gaming um, gladiators. People have some various opinions on that. Yeah, gaming gladiators. But there is a famous, there's a famous clip of 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 Flitz, and he screamed to the top of his lungs, "Warbean!" Because Warbean was seated like Warbean. eight seats higher than his uh, all mid. And I believe it was actually, I don't know if Warbean was carrying the Continuum name at that point or if he was on a different team. But Warbean, and my, like everyone knew, like just was an unwarranted seed. I in, actually like, love Warbean. Especially that high. No, no, I, I think it's great. He goes to Stockton. Oh, does it? I did not know that. Well, yeah. um, well I remember that he, clip very well because I was watching end, the stream because I wanted to see pros, like, or the, all the semi pros, like, reaction to the uh, day two of ROCS seating. And uh, Flitz was very mad, very animated. <laughs> and he, he said, also said in the same clip, Warbean. no disrespect to Warbean. <laughs> yeah, but it, Warbean. he also was like, I just can't believe this. Like my hard work and just for, you know, Warbean to not have placed a single day three <laughs> to be placed higher than me is, is abysmal. That's funny. That's funny. I, 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 I got to leak the clip and we can, we can put it in the video here. That's really funny. Or, or, I'll, <laughs> or I'll tweet it out after we're done recording. No, no context, <laughs> just the clip. Warbean? <laughs> <laughs> I love Alex. His name's also Alex, actually, funny enough. Yes. I remember him but... sandbagging your rank B about two years ago. He might still be doing it. I'm not sure. My rank B? Uh, rank B in six minutes, yeah. Oh, okay. No, I. that's funny you say that because he actually... Um, this probably shouldn't be said. But uh, me and him, like, <laughs> farmed, like... I, well, actually, we were breaking... It, it's not against six man's rule to queue not like together but like just queue at the same time of your friends that that's not against any rules is it not that it I is, know but, um in best practice go ahead you, you can't be <laughs> friends with someone <laughs> dang all right i guess i'm not you can't you can't deliberately someone. try to team with someone because oh you no, no, just... no we were we were we were we were but like it was like <laughs> i know <laughs> it was like it, i wouldn't no, say like not. i deliberately tried to team with him but like I knew he was queuing, and like I saw him in a private Discord, so I joined, and I was like, "I waga 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 waga, I'm gonna queue and beat you." And then we got into the same team and won. So like, <laughs> but like he broke broke at picking me. He he didn't want he didn't want me to play against him, but I think he did that because like he knew we would just win. So like yeah. technically, I don't think we're breaking any laws, or not. Well, yeah, we're breaking a couple laws, but I don't think we're breaking any rules. <laughs> it's fine. It's six man, so the, the server's dead anyway. Um. <laughs> but I kind of wanted to move on. So Valkyrie, you know, you have a, a dearth of knowledge in the bubble scene. So I wanted to ask you a couple of things. One, what is a trade, a something that could have happened one day that did not happen? That is like, I cannot believe, like if this were to happen, it would have broke the ROCS community um, at the time. Maybe this could have been two years ago, three years ago. This could have been a year ago. It's just like your, your favorite roster, roster move that never happened. What, what would that look like? <laughs> Um, <laughs> just, just the giggle. No, because like that's a very good. Uh, it's a very good question, actually. So, I actually um, you were saying earlier about all mid. Um, I actually was on all mid for about a year. Shout out to the boys at all mid. Um, mm. probably one of the best esports organizations I would say in the scene in terms of just like niceness. And they did a lot for the scene. Like they run like a they. I literally convinced them to run a manager event. Um, you'll see where this comes full circle. But um, does anyone know who Gear is? 
Yeah. Yeah. Is he sub or was a sub for a crew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you talk about players, um, do you remember that one day they had a four-man roster and they were like telling everyone they had a four-man roster because like Gear subbed in out of nowhere and they ended up beating like Boulevard. And this was when Boulevard was like really, really considered up there. Um, oh, CPS at the time and maybe yes, some other players. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they did that in RLCS, this was like RLCS season eleven. Um, and I think there was like rumors of um O'Callad coming to NA. And I think if O'Callad came to NA at the time, like this was like before Daniel, really before First Killer too. I think if and this was like a time of like a little bit of uncertainty. There was kind of like some teams bouncing around. It was kind of the NRG show, in all honesty. But I think that like th- if there was like a bunch of SSA players that came over, um, or players from other regions that came over earlier, it would have like really stood out more. Mm, okay. SSA and, and you also mean meetup because of Khaled, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I realized <laughs> I said that. I realized I said that wrong. <laughs> well, uh, understandable. Well, so you're saying that there was a possibility that O'Khaled could have been on all mid. Like there was a deal kind of formulating. There was some trials. Oh no, 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 not on, not not on Almond, not on Almond, but oh, just an NA in general. Yeah, yeah, just an NA. In and general. this would have been perhaps what team do you think he would have landed? I I actually think it was like O'Callid, Flitz, and Brock or something like that when they were trying it Brock? out. Brock, bro, yeah. No, I, <laughs> what is Brock doing bro, here? <laughs> I don't know, bro. But like I I heard this. I heard this, I, I remember I was literally chilling and ranked these scrubs, and someone showed me a replay of O'Callaghan, it was, it was a scrim, they were scrimming, they were literally scrimming, like, zookeepers, and it was O'Callaghan, Flitz, and Brock. O'Callaghan? Mm. They were o- cooking. O'Callaghan on, like, 600 ping? Nah, he was on, like, 120, 100. Must have been that's, that's on vacation, Honestly. Well, that sounds good. I, I actually, that was, I don't think I could have gotten a better answer. Oh, Calito and A, and A. I mean, that's your title right there, Kiki. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it potentially could be a possibility again. <laughs> oh, I mean, actually, I mean, with Nuepo, uh, he speaks uh, really good English. I know that. Yeah, and his uh, and Nuepo got signed by Falcons. So, yeah. Oh my goodness. Funny, funny we mentioned it. <laughs> Where will we land? NRG? NRG! <gasps> oh, yeah. That's a great segue. <laughs> I think I think Justin's going to go to Furia. I, that's just my personal opinion. Really, Justin? Listen, I would love Furia. Justin's going to Furia. They've been talking about that for a while now, before they picked up uh, Lost. Yo, actually, I changed my answer. If Scrub Killer learned French, there would be a whole other dynamic of Rocket League. <laughs> Fair. He, he wouldn't have got shipped off if he didn't learn French. Bro got scored on in the grand final and he heard, and they got dropped. I, oh, man. Maybe cut that one out. <laughs> <laughs> eh. Oh my goodness. Well, um, K Cube, I know that, uh, you know. Valkyrie's here. He's our beloved guest, and he's been spewing some stuff on and off the show. Unfortunately, some stuff cannot be reset. Um, but is there any questions you have for our man Valk? Um, I we, we talked about it, or we touched on it a little bit before we started recording. But let's uh, let's circle back to it now. Uh, now that we are recording, um, how does everyone feel about uh, the whole phase situation with Roll Diz? Uh, with how everything like came to light and you know 
I guess also we have to include like how the team and phase or how the team and role Diz reacted to everything that happened. That's been just like an absolute hurricane, like the last like month of just, you know, the announcement that Diz gets dropped, you know, and then right after he goes, does a stream, puts a video on YouTube of him just absolutely going in on, you know, on first on first killer and, you know, uh, potentially, you know, outing sit for, you know, thinking about retirement and all of that stuff. Like, I thought that was absolutely nuts. Uh, pretty unprofessional, honestly, in my opinion. Mm. Um, you know, like I get emotions run high, but like this, you just you just don't do that, right? Like, you yeah, know, you, take, you uh, take your feelings, you put it to the side. Hundred percent. And you know what? I, I gotta agree with you a little bit because uh, I was gonna I was gonna say a little bit of a analogy where rolled is you know it's like getting fired from like a corporate job you can either storm out there get carried out pushed out by security you know get your laptop ticket away no one can talk to you anymore um you're not allowed to contact anyone you get to send nda and you're out right you're out the door what rolled is did is that he planned like exiting because they you know in good faith told him like hey we're going to be planning a post um on our socials because that's like what the norm is for esports and then um what he did is he set up like a mariachi band to show up to the boss's like office, play a song, him screaming at the top of his lungs. Daddy first killer is running the team. First GM or whatever the fuck, whatever he says. Um, and then the mariachi plan continues to play as he walks out the door, you know, pushes both of them open. There's two doors in this scenario. Um, and uh, <laughs> he never looked back. So what do I say is that if I'm an organization looking at Roldis as a potential coach, I think that that I I don't I don't know if if anyone hires Roldis as a coach, I think they are a fool. Um, that's just my opinion. I think Roldis knows that what he did is burned his bridge as being a coach in their OCS. Um, I also think there is a giant problem in our OCS with coaches not actually being coaches and just being former pros and and Sierra players and whatever whatever have you. Um, when in reality. You know, there are some former Sierra players and former pros or whatever that actually are great coaches. That's because they put the time, effort, and money and tears and blood and sweat to do it. But there's also some people that do it to coast, collect a paycheck. And I, I you know what? My personal opinion is that Roldez did that. Now, do I think he tried at first? 100%. I just think that for a team like FaZe, when you give someone a team like that and you give them zero structure and you give your best player the GM responsibilities and you give your coach um, a, a dice roll, whether or not he's going to be an actual coach or just a public figurehead, you set yourself up for failure in all those fronts. What they should have done is set up structure, set up a good coach, which, you know, they could have told Roldez like, hey, we want you to actually do something. I don't think they gave him any direction at all, to be completely honest. I think they only, the only direction they've given to anyone is First Killer. And First Killer, obviously, under a lot of pressure, has contacted his father, who he trusts very dearly. And for Roldez to completely come in, sideline, sideline everyone, and tell them that his dad is the one making the shots, I don't know how true that is. And I wonder what First Killer will say. But I, I know really that blame, he's I don't really blame him too. Because like think about it from First Killer's scenario. Like that that's there's it's a lot you're thinking about. And you're like, I mean, dude, he's he's still what, he's seventeen now? Yeah. I mean he's eighteen with marble floors. Like that yeah. would put a lot of pressure on my mind. Yeah, I would definitely ask my dad that stuff. I'd be like, Yo, dad, what would I do? <laughs> like Yeah. Yeah, I mean, at that point, who else do you you know, who else do you go to? Like and clearly, they're obviously, you know, him and Diz did not see eye to eye because, you know, he goes to his dad for, you know, those opinions and not to the coach of his team. And shouldn't that be the person that he would go to in that situation? 
Yeah. I yeah. mean, we were we were fortunate enough at uh at the major in San Diego, the spring major in the winter, which, you know, whatever, that's besides the point. <laughs> but uh uh we inter- we got to interview a couple of the teams including FaZe and um one of the questions that uh we were able to ask was, you know, how does the how do you feel about your organizational support? What does FaZe do that like, you know, goes above and beyond or what don't they do that doesn't go above and beyond to like support you guys as a roster and as like, you know, help with what you need. And they were pretty cagey about their answers, you know, like, well, we really appreciate oh. everything that FaZe has done, like, or the, everything that FaZe does for us, like, you know, they, they, they support us where we need, where, when we need it and where we need it. And you're like, okay, well, there's no specifics. Whereas like, you know, we, we asked complexity, the same question and all three of the players, like they had to use a translator for, for some of them, but you know, it was complexity has been fantastic. They've given us everything that we, we need. They have the, you know, the structure in place for, you know, like a therapist, if we need a therapist or like, uh, you know, if we need something for our team house, they'll get it for us. Or, you know, if they need, if we need to go somewhere or do something, they'll have someone there to do it for us. Like it was like, you know, complexity has been there every step of the way to help us out, to, you know, support us in any way we can. And, you know, the answer that we got from like Roll Diz and, you know, it was, it was really from Roll Diz cause the other, you know, the other players didn't really want to talk, but it was, you know, FaZe supports us like that. It's a big name that they, they, they do what they like, they do what they need to do to help us out. And like, that was it. Yeah. But I mean, like I, that really doesn't shock me. Um, I mean, if you're following like kind of FaZe drama, that's just been going on recently, like since like May, the whole organization has been going through a ton of drama. I think like uh, Rain was um, involved in a lot of it and uh, you know stuff with uh, Grace Van Deen and all that. Like the whole or- the whole org just looks like it's in shambles and is run by a bunch of like just ego men trying to suck all of the money out. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll add this last thing about FaZe, and that is that, you know, uh, unfortunate about everything that's happened to them. They are now, however, a publicly traded company. And with that comes, like, a lot of um, open eyes into what it is that you're doing, especially for investors. You know, people can kind of look into the books whatever they want rather than having to go into the organization asking, like, hey, what do you look like? What is going on internally? Um, they were able to do it kind of publicly, which is, you know, a big thing for public companies. The problem is that somehow um, it has been used against them. I'm not sure what happened there. Um, and it has failed on them. And for that to happen requires a lot of problems to have been pushed into the light. And I am sure that FaZe has done everything to either keep it down or to even minimize the bigger things that we don't even know. Um, and FaZe Rain has obviously tried to show them into the light even more. You know, he was a big person of it. Um, however, you also can't just trust everything he says. And FaZe has obviously remained silent on the issue. So I think that unfortunately that is kind of like where the phase kind of drama ends um i i really do hope that that roster you know uh unsure what needs to happen but like there needs to be a lot of pr conversations with um you know their new coach they have now uh so and and they're in first killer and like they need to also delegate who's going to be the general manager and i honestly honestly i don't think that first killer will give that up and or i don't think phase will want to give that up for some reason i would recommend it but that is just my recommendation myself (laughs) yeah and you know also put valkyrie on the team he'll uh he'll he'll get it sorted i I think i can i think i can do it honestly (laughs) i'm up to the task and uh, you know what? I'll 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 second that. I think Valkyrie should just join FaZe. <laughs> I do think something that uh, I wanted to say is, what do you guys think? I I have my answer to this before. I'm gonna see if any of you guys think what I'm about to say. But 
what do you guys think is like the way that esports is going to boom? So I think COVID definitely helped esports boom and Rocket League boom especially. But there, I think there's going to be another event coming up soon that's going to help esports hmm. boom. What do you, what do you guys know what it is? Oh, can I give my uh, what I think it'll be? Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go. Ahead. I think there's going to be some TV deal on Peacock or HBO Max or whatever, one of those things, and it's going to be just like. NFL, MLS, you know, all these companies that have like a deal on some website where you can watch that stuff and it will go to a bunch of more normies and the numbers will skyrocket. Um, you know, obviously Twitch still a thing, blah, blah, blah. But uh, I think that if that were to happen, that would increase like revenue for a lot of esports organizers, aka like Face It, aka RCS, aka Apex Pro League and everything. Every, every organization has now the ability to be like, hey, this one thing did it. Can we do it now? And it'll probably be League of Legends or Dota or Valorant that does it first. But, well, you know, I think the era of Twitch will stay. But I think until, until there's some revenue stream where the publishing rights go to, uh, I think that'll be the next big shift for esports. Are you talking like similar to like Overwatch League on ESPN? Uh, yeah, well, Overwatch League, I'm pretty sure right now is just on YouTube. I, tell me about ESPN. Did that happen at one point? It, I don't. I don't think that happened. Wait, did that? Yep. Did there was some like speculation. No, 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 no. That was a thing. I they, the partnership may have ended. Um, I'm not super f caught up on Overwatch League, but there was a time when Overwatch League was streamed exclusively on like ESPN. Oh uh, yeah, twenty. Well, it is now on YouTube, and I'm not sure if there was a deal or not. Unsure. Um, but I know that last year there was some like it was like a partnered thing where like they they got the licensing rights on YouTube for the Overwatch League. So um, no, that 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 is Overwatch League has done it. No one else has. And uh, I wonder if that is either a trailblazer that will skyrocket the organizations, or if just staying on Twitch is better for the thing in whole. Um, I I don't know. So I have like a similar opinion. Like I think that yeah, TV deal is what's going to really just um propel esports to the forefront of just like casual viewing um i think that with overwatch you know it's been four or five years uh since overwatch kind of tested pushed those boundaries to test that waters um i think it'll probably be another couple of years before another big company like uh disney or maybe you know fox does a you know a little esports segment um on fox sports whatever um but i think that yeah, one of the the big, you know, I guess you can call it big three, right? Dota, League, Valve, right? I think one of those games is going to have to hit it just right with one of those just breathtaking tournaments that truly turn the eyes and pique the interest of a lot of casual uh, casual viewers. Yeah. What about you, Valk? Ask her. So, ooh. I think that this is something that can bring a lot of money into the scene. And I think if it's approached correctly in the rights environments, I think it can kind of pop off. But have you guys heard of esports betting? Yes. Yeah. So I think that in certain areas, um, maybe not Vegas, maybe like Atlantic City, something more casual and something like Rocket League, I think if set up correctly, and not to leak anything that I might be involved in, um, but what I will say is that the city of Atlantic City is very, very interested in esports. And what I think is awesome is they view esports as like, like up there with sports. And I think they they view esports as like better than sports in terms of inclusivity and easy access for people just to play. They like the fact that kids aren't going to get injured doing esports and stuff like that. 
Um, yeah, they are dumping. They're uh, Atlantic City is doing a lot of stuff. Um, they're doing a lot of esports camps. I've actually worked with them firsthand. Um, I met the mayor before, and I've been working with them firsthand to um, run some esports camps in Atlantic City. And a lot of the kids really enjoy these esports camps, and they just want to get more and more involved with esports, and like they just want to literally game competitively because a lot of these kids just sit home playing video games anyway, and a lot of them now realize the fact that you can get scholarships to college and you can go really far with esports. So they're really interested in doing it. But I think that the fact that governments get involved in esports is just going to help it. Like, I think the fact of um, Charlotte Phoenix, like the fact that they got the city to kind of help them a little bit, that's that's incredible. I think the more that organizations can work with governments to build more stuff like that, I think it's just going to make esports big. And I think esports betting is going to be huge if it's approached the correct way. I think it's going to bring a ridiculous amount of money into the scene. Hmm. That's a good point. And also for me, at least, uh, esports right now is one of the most accessible forms of sporting that you can that you can view, right? It's like if you want to watch, like I'll use NFL as an example because they make it very difficult, right? It's like if you don't live in the city where your you know your favorite football team plays, it's you have to go to a bar or you have to go to somewhere or know a friend or pay for cable that has like you know NFL Sunday ticket or you know something like that, right? So you have to have a TV, you have to have a cable box and you have to have a cable subscription that has it right but to watch esports you need the internet and an internet connected device which is your cell phone which you know 99 percent of people have a smartphone so they can they can consume esports media wherever and whenever they want so i certainly think that uh i think you're right i think sports betting will help out and i think it will make it a lot more mainstream and maybe in the eyes of some people more more legitimate hmm no, I, I I like that a lot, and I know that there's like a bunch of apps that are out there. I mean, Clout Fantasy is an app that I um, personally use. I know that I saw them at DreamHack, and they had a booth there, and they're very committed to like the Valorant Rocket League space. Like I personally only bet on uh, Rocket League, I think events, and I'm very high like on on terms of like what I'm I'm betting on, just because I know the scene very well. Like I I mean I basically am like my own insider information. Um, but then you also come down to like the Pickums and like all those other sports betting apps that now have an esports section because people are just willing to bet on them. It's just another revenue source for them super super good you know people are able to do it now the thing that i worry about is that like what happens whenever the government gets involved in an organization is just piss poor and uh unfortunately i'm going to use a little bit of um, charlotte phoenix like you know they may have gotten some help with the city or whatever but then they've also mismanaged the rock league team entirely to where they're anytime they post on twitter they're like hey what about that roster you never dropped because they never officially dropped them and people people don't like that um people at least a sour taste in their mouth and you know i i personally don't like that from the organization and i wish it didn't happen i wish that the organization um you know either did it the right way or didn't do it at all uh, it just it, it's very distasteful into for me as a viewer and as a fan of ROCS for players to be treated as poorly as they have been and continue to be. Um, and G1 is another example of this where, you know, mismanagement happens. Um, people just have distaste for the org. The organization now has like a, a period of, well, they stay in ROCS. You know, the offseason just happened. They just got bombed out of worlds. They lost to, I think, OCE, which is like, what the heck? You were like the number five seed for EU. Um, EU was the powerhouse of the region, and how are you number five? You know, should Ho should have Ho should Hogamode have come to the region to the to the to the, to the uh, worlds? You know, you <laughs> never know. Um, so uh, all these things, all these questions, in my opinion, are great, but like we need structure in esports first. Um, 
And until that happens, I don't think anything will really happen. Agreed. I think that... I think that, like, they need to make it, though. So it's, like, the whole invitational thing with the orgs. My thoughts on that is, if they increase it, won't they just get more orgs into the scene? Like, by making it top 16, there's only going to be, like... 16 big 100%. orgs so because like, your return on investment increases for more orgs more orgs on the bottom side and then boom like you have you know six seven seed of eu and na like in rocket league but they're orgs they're not just like orgless people because they you you know if if you are not if you do not have a clear-cut top four top five team in north america eu you know top two in ssa and and mina and then what is it like top one and everywhere else or maybe yeah, two OC. If you if you do not have the top team, if you don't have the top team there, you are shit out of luck. You will not be getting representation at Worlds. You will not be getting representation on stream. You will not be getting your brand recognition. You will not be getting your sponsors on your jerseys represented on stream. No one's gonna know who you are. So only allowing a certain like I think what is it, total 16 teams across the world go to the majors, and then I think it was 24 in worlds i could be wrong just increase that number it's such a it's such a no-brainer it just allow like you'll probably have a buffer period um sure and i think the problem is that rlcs also wants to pay the people that get flown out no matter what i mean there's a minimum amount of money that an organization will get for even attending or making worlds and or uh, major and i think that needs to go away for the ability of organizations that are looking to be prosperous and having a return on their investment for a rock league team actually attend these lands and these things agreed uh, and back to our format question. That's what I want. I want more. I want more selections. <laughs> yeah. No. Agreed. There needs to be more than top sixteen. I think they should make it like twenty-four or like it should be thirty-two. But that's yeah. Be- I, I. I mean, yeah. I agree. I think thirty-two is brilliant because then you have players that can peak and get into there, and you start introducing talent that people don't really like, not mainstream talent, and that's how people can get into the scene. I mean, if you look at other, like, if you look at sports, there's much more opportunity to kind of break in and rocket league you kind of have six mans and six mans <laughs> like <laughs> you you, you got to be a little bit known you can't just be very very good at the game you have to be a little bit known now um to get the tryouts and to just be there you know what i mean yeah and i even think that like you're right about six mans because i mean everybody talks about twos nowadays but if you weren't famous in six mans a year and a half ago and you're billy bob going to twos and you're beating everyone i honestly don't think the pros will think much of you people, in ring twos. i know people like, i know people i hang out with a bunch of with for hanging out with a bunch of um very high level players i know a bunch of people that are very very high level twos players they're always like oh give me a tryout blah 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 give me a scrim and High level twos players will fold when they when they do anything in terms of threes when they come under a lot of pressure because it's just a completely different environment. I mean, you're talking about people that have been playing in competitive threes for multiple years that experience stacks. And if you're a twos main, you're not really going to be able to do much in a very competitive threes lobby. Yeah. And I'll digress. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on that, but you know, I, I hope that we were able to answer your question. So what do you guys so if if it seems like all of us are in favor of expanding like for going back to the format question all of us are in favor of expanding the field for events do you think uh you could maybe have the best of both worlds right so doing you know similar to like a qualification style but if like you did a top 32 and um you know maybe uh like you know top eight seeds get a buy or something like that right based on points not like 
you have to have like a, a written out like tiebreaker like seating format to make it not like you know just whatever the person you know is high on the day of decides but uh how do you feel about like doing like maybe like a buy system or like an advancement directly into you know a cer- at a certain point similar to how they did for worlds right so they did 24 teams but you know eight of them already were like auto qualified in i wouldn't mind that i wouldn't mind that at all actually <laughs> um i think that one yeah expanding um you know how many teams get to go is going to be huge with also you know just overall supporting the you know the bubble scene that you know that's been the big craze and the big talking point over the last year is you know what is rlcs doing to support the the bubble scene well that's one way um i think that having that kind of like hybrid qualification system is also a, a good idea um i think that worked really well going into worlds um and i think that would just overall create a lot of incentive for all teams to really push for those top you know whatever eight spots yeah fair but uh who's got the next question here uh honestly i'm i'm dry out um i (laughs) oh no i would love to keep going we touched on all of mine all of my talking points we already covered (laughs) Valkyrie, you think any, uh, is... any sauce you want to start spilling? Yeah, 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 I was about to say. You got um, you got like a, a, a speed red right now, like five minutes. Nah, I'm, like, bro. I, in terms of CRL, do you guys think that at all of the colleges that they have CRL teams, do you think there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than everyone knows? Yes. I'm just going to be real, like, you guys no. thought the Atlantic City Mafia was bad? Oh my god, you should see some of these colleges with what I hear. No, I'm kidding. But I honestly, I, I feel like people are treating CRL like it's the Peaky Blinders. Like, with some of the <laughs> stuff I've been hearing, like, it's crazy. It's like, I, I remember hearing a story, I will not name, but this is a college of uh, someone getting, uh, someone who was getting kicked from their roster, and they led them into, like, the college back alleys, and, like, threw a water balloon on their head from, like, a railing, and then, like, surrounded him and was like, you are not chosen. And then they all blocked him on Discord. What? This is actual factual. Um, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Bro, bro leaked. Bro hit, bro hit so hard. Bro, bro hit it right on the head. Bro hit the hell right on the head. <laughs> oh, with the, with, the, with, the, with the balloon? Maybe. Uh, but yeah, no, there's, there's some crazy stuff that's happening at colleges. And what I do want to say is, do you guys think that College Rocket League is going to become just a feeder league? Or do you think it is going to become a league where talent can develop? Good question. I, I, I wouldn't go first because I don't think that it should be a feeder league because in my opinion, you're, well, uh, you're 15 when you get pro into Rocket League. And in my opinion, you should actually raise the 15. And uh, instead of investing so heavily into CRL, which, you know, I like it. Don't get me wrong. I love it, actually. CRL is great. You should be investing in the bubble. And then CRL should be like, I don't know. It's tough, man. It, the age of pro professional play conflicts with CRL and the young play of CRL. Like, it's just backwards. Like, technically, you should be a college football player and then an NFL player. And if you're really good, you go straight into the NFL from high school. That's very rare. Um, same thing with soccer. You know, you, 
you're honestly there have been some 17 year olds that Messi was 17 years old when he joined Barcelona I think Iker Casillas was also 16 years old when he joined Real Madrid and then you also have 19 playing for Real Madrid yeah and then you have like the national player for England he's like 16 or 17 uh it was uh David Beckham was 17 and then you also have an example last one of Ibrahimovic being super duper young um as well and being literally bigger than everyone um so all this to say is like RLCS has taken the soccer approach because it wasn't as structured. Now, is this approach better than the CRL or the collegiate to professional play structure? Soccer has produced some of the most high-level players in Europe who don't follow collegiate soccer or football. Um, but in, in America, for some reason, that's the only way it works here in for basketball and for football and for other various sports as well. I could not tell you I say just keep it the way it is, but I would love for it to be different. No, honestly. I think that CRL is going to continue being how it is. I do think, though, that they do need to have some sort of, not financial fair play rules like this is the Premier League, but I think they do need to have a system to separate colleges from just, like, I I think, like, someone should need to be on campus and they need to be full-time students. Yeah. That's a very fair assessment. I wonder why you have to say that. Hmm. I, I, I never. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, I'm stumped stump like you guys. But um, I, I may have a different perspective than than you guys. But I actually think that uh, I'll expand it from CRL to just like esports in general. I think that collegiate esports may be the most sustainable form of esports currently in existence. Yeah, I agree, actually. In terms of sustainability, yes, because it's the college entities competing against each other, and there's not I would really 100%. a back end. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. I didn't mean no, to. You're good. You're no, you're good. I, I would agree, and uh, I only say that because of job security, <laughs> as people who are in the uh, <laughs> collegiate space have jobs for longer, so... Well, like not only that, but like it's the colleges that are floating the the bill for the the program and the stuff like that, right? But like also you can look at it as look at it as an investment, right? It's like if you buy a bunch of piece like a bunch of gaming PCs, like really nice gaming PCs, and you know there's a lot of schools that already do this uh, by me that I've seen, um, you know my 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 programs in the process of of doing something like this, but the like you can use those PCs either as like a high tech computer lab to to run like um like my uh Lawrence Tech runs uh Unreal Engine classes um they're partnered with Unreal Engine with Epic Games so they can you know do classes and utilize those computers and also you can have students pay you know I'll, I'll make it up a, a you know ten dollars a a semester or something like that to be able to use the PCs at certain times, right? If they're in a centralized po- point on campus, and that helps pay for the program. So that's a lot of ways to like. I don't know, like crowdfund from the university to like keep the programs alive. And so like the players are getting, you know, scholarships, they're getting an education, which, you know, in my opinion is pretty important and they get to compete similar to, you know, how like a football player would get like a full ride scholarship if you're really good. And, you know, there's certainly a lot of opportunities for, you know, partnerships with universities and ways for the universities to make money off of it. So, um, you know, they, it brings back a whole a whole new demographic of people like connects them to their university right so like if somebody you know is big into video games and not so much into traditional sports um it gives them a reason to continue to watch and to continue to be involved with uh the university so they potentially could get more donors and you know more viewership yeah 
And uh, Sasuke, I'll, I'll leave it off to you. What do you, you know, you have any final thoughts? I, on that? I, uh, I think that's the big thing that the CRL uh, brings is just the overall structure. Um, because all of these colleges already manage all of their sports teams from um, you know, the official NCAA teams to, you know, the club level to the intramural level. So they have a, a bunch of just logistic, you know, logistical structure already built in. So it's a lot easier for them to be able to work together, communicate on, you know, times and schedules and tournaments and things like that, um, you know, as well as, you know, transporting they already have you know, certain vendors that they go to for maybe food for travel or hotels that they go to, right? It makes a lot of the financial aspect of those a lot cheaper as well uh, when it goes to the colleges versus, you know, at the pro level when they're maybe don't have all of that, uh, you know, history. Yeah. I, you know what? I think that was the most well said of all of them. And I, I appreciate that a lot. Um, and, and I know that also it's really good hearing your perspective because you're someone who, in my opinion, is the most outside of all of it. Um, yet you have a lot of insights about it as a fan, as someone who just wants esports to succeed in collegiate rock league, in rock league in, in general. And uh, I think that your, your opinion actually is the most valuable um, for people <laughs> that would be listening to this uh, because obviously I think I have a little bit um, – sway or swayed in my decision making on that and i think even kq is because he knows what he wants and what he needs for his team and so does uh valk he knows what he needs for his team so he will say it but what the general public may see and what you interpret is completely different i appreciate that you know um you know, obviously you guys have all of your your connections throughout you know the scenes just because of you know what all of you do uh for you know work and stuff like that you know, me coming from the outside, like I come from the traditional sports background. You know, I played football all the way through uh, colleges, you know, division three uh, playing football, you know, and after you know, I kind of just transitioned right into work. So, you know, getting into RLCS kind of really brought back a lot of that just feeling and emotion that you kind of miss as you know, an athlete that goes that far, you know, spends that much of your life just dedicating themselves to a sport, it brings a lot of that feelings back, which makes it super addicting. Um, you know, and that's just what I want for a lot of these people. And I want the I want esports in general to grow and explode because um it allows a lot of people who maybe, you know, just physically they may not be cut out for traditional sports, but you know, they may be one of the best at, you know, some of these popular video games and, you know, that allows them to, you know, truly shine in their own way. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I know the NFL, they have like a football is for everyone. Right. And, you know, the NHL hockey is for everyone. They do the same thing. But like truly in every sense of the word, esports is for everyone. Right. There's a game for everybody. Everybody has like their own place that they can that they can find in, you know, in the wide range of esports. So um, I think more people like Atomic said, I think more people relate to you, Shane, than, than to any of us, uh, like for the most part, uh, just, you know, with our levels of involvement, uh, some more than others. But, you know, I think that they'll, everyone can certainly take a lot from like from this conversation. And I, you know, I've certainly learned a lot today as well. So I'm excited, glad to uh, to be able to have these conversations. 
Yes, and with that, Valkyrie, we are going to go ahead and cut you loose for the day, for the night, for the evening. And ladies and gentlemen, thank you for watching. Again, this is uh, myself, iAtomic, and I'll let everyone else kind of give in their closing thoughts. Uh, absolutely. Thank you, Valk, for coming on to uh, the podcast with us. No you know, problem. I learned an absolute ton from you. And, uh, you know, hopefully this, you know, will lead to a lot more uh, of these moments with you. 100%. Yeah, everyone uh, go check out my Twitter and also go check out Hey Bro RLCS. Um, I think that, I mean, as a team, last uh, last year our goal was just be better than the bubble teams. And I feel like we kind of were just like better than most of the bubble teams. So this year our goal is we're going to shock the world. Um, as corny as that sounds, that's basically what we're yes. going to go for. We're going to go for as many high-placing finishes, and we're going to play certain ways against certain teams that no one's playing against. We're going to experiment things, because it's kind of, I think, the only way that upsets are going to happen at this current meta. 100%. We're super glad to have you. We'll be rooting for Haybro, of course. Um, everyone here can say definitely that not only will they see Haybro um, in the RLCS rankings next season, but we will be specifically looking at all of your matches um, and voting or, or cheering for you whenever you win and being sad whenever you lose. We are right there with you, um, as fans do. Um, and KCube, thank you again for setting up. If you guys do not know, KCube is the logistical, logist, logistical mastermind of, of everything, um, boost over ball. So I'll give the uh, the ultimate closing statement to him. Yeah, uh, like Valk said, uh, make sure you I'll you know I'll link all the socials in the in the episode description and uh, in in the summary. Uh, thank you guys again for for tuning in, and we really appreciate you guys taking the the time to listen to us. Uh, but like always, remember to choose boost over ball. Thank you for listening to the Boost Over Ball podcast. Make sure to check out our website, www.boostoverball.com, and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts.